time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, August 24th, 2020. And guess what? It's birthday day for me. So I'm getting to do a live podcast on my birthday. Yeah, what number it is? Well, it's the big seven zero, 70 years old. I don't feel like it. <laughs> Someone suggested I don't act like it either. So glad to have you joining me on my birthday podcast. Now, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. Of course, it is for you, mortgage professionals. And we're so grateful to have you as our listener. And uh, be sure to tell others about this. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Today on the Hot Topics segment, again, the first half of the podcast is talking about what's going on, high-level stuff that we get to get into, and then we get into the Hot Topics segment. So we got Steve Hope joining us. Steve is Vice President, General Manager, Mortgage and Commercial Products for Finance. We're going to be talking about some of the strategies that they have, what they're seeing on lead generation, some of the things going on with banks. Again, they serve a large number of banks and credit unions. We're going to get some perspective. So stay tuned all the way to the second half of the podcast, if you're listening live or if you're listening on a downloaded basis, it'll be the following podcast. We're so thrilled to be a part of the Industry Syndicate. Go check out industrysyndicate.com as well as Mortgage Media. We're so grateful to have you listening by being all of these channels. One of the things we talk about is boosting mortgage efficiencies to meet the ever-growing borrower demand. That's going to be happening September 1st. And Finastra is putting this webinar on. So if you want to learn more about it, go to finastra.com. Moving Mortgage. And it's to learn about how Finastra is doing some heavy lifting for the mortgage industry. And I'll be doing a presentation about efficiencies. We have a good number of people signed up already. So be sure to head out to Finastra.com forward slash moving mortgage. Encourage you to sign up. Also, I want to say a special thank you to our other sponsors. Finastra, again, is our key guest. So they're one of our sponsors. Thrilled to have Steve Hoke joining us a little bit later on. Also, Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Man, if there was ever a time you need to be affiliated with a mortgage banking association, it's now, especially with some of the crazy stuff going on with Fannie and Freddie and the refinance. We got to have her voices heard. You could do that through the Mortgage Action Alliance app. So go to your favorite store, downloading the Mortgage Action Alliance MBA app, and then allows us on a mobile basis to be able to respond to various initiatives the MBA is doing on the Hill. So it's good. But yes, Elliot Lewis just wished me a happy birthday. So thank you. Thank you, Elliot. Appreciate that. Also, we want to talk about Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. We are members of both of these co-ops. It's thrilling to be a part of these. I like the MBA, which is serving the whole industry. Well, these two co-ops do a great job of serving to their members and their lender members members and their vendor members. We're proud to be vendor members of both of them. And then also there's the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, as well as Indicom. Talked to Linda Bomar the other day, Joey, her conversation. They are just doing such a great job providing out a plethora of services out to the mortgage industry. Get a hold of Linda Bomar and be sure to talk to her or one of her salespeople about how Indicom can help you. Also, Incelerate. Had Josh Friend on just a few weeks ago. Great job of talking about how to engage by 
borrowers better, as well as Ainsworth Advisors. Ability to, for you to have an advisory board, I tell you, it's getting more and more important, folks, that you have a board of advisors. I'm not talking about a consultant. I'm talking about genuinely a board, not a board of directors, board of advisors, as well as AI Assist. It's an artificial tool that helps you connect with borrowers, as well as celebrity home loans, knowledge cubes, one of the best LMSs out there in the marketplace, as well as Mobility RE and Modex. These two companies help you connect with the right loan officers and the right realtors. They do it through a slightly different way, but provide very similar services. And I recommend you check out both of these companies. You can go and do so along with Velma and VendorSurf and Vidyard. Do all this at LickinOnLending.com. Finally, a special thank you to Andy Allen, who are here with us. Alice will not be joining us today as well. Matt is here giving an update on all that's going on. And now we're about ready to get into the hot topic segment. So it's a transition for those of you who are listening live. We're going to get right into the hot topic. For those of you that are listening on a downloaded basis, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with the next podcast. Folks, it's good to have you here. We're back with the hot topic segment. And we have joining us today a friend of mine and an advertiser. Uh, He represents and he's with Finastra. His name is Steve Hoke, and he is Vice President and General Manager of Mortgage and Commercial Products at Finastra. They're a great sponsor and have been for a long, long time. He's responsible for product strategy and innovation for Finastra's mortgage and commercial lending solutions. So let's get into some of the things I'm really interested in talking about today and getting an update. And so welcome, Steve Hoke, to the podcast. Good to have you, friend. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Finastra has so many bank and credit union clients. And you guys, are you strong in the, your services work just as well as the independent mortgage banking world. So I encourage all of our independent mortgage bankers to list well. But for whatever reasons, you guys really do have a good amount of market share in the mortgage lending arena as it relates to primarily financial institutions. And I want to get your perspective on what banks and credit unions are experiencing right now. We know the independent mortgage bankers are going a little on the crazy side with volume. What are you seeing on refinances and application volume. Yeah, thanks, David. It's a, it's a real privilege to uh, take care of the clients we have on our platforms. And I thought it would be kind of fun for your audience to get a little peek behind the curtain and just see what are the volumes that we're seeing when we aggregate all those clients together. Because taken as individual institutions, you can say, maybe I'm experiencing unprecedented volume, but what does that really feel like when you start to look across uh, a whole bunch of clients and, and see what kind of volumes our, our aggregate client base is experiencing? So I pulled a few numbers that take us through the end of July just to kind of um, take a peek and see what our volume's like this year over last year, where we're seeing some increases, maybe where are things holding pat a little bit. But I think it's interesting also to tie some of the numbers back to Les's comments about purchase volumes in July really going up. The numbers that I'm going to share with you are our mortgage application. So Finastra has a platform called MortgageBot POS. It's an online application platform that allows consumers loan officers and telephone agents to be able to take applications online. And what's interesting is Les's comments about uh, purchase volume in July. We actually saw a really big uptick in June for purchase applications, 46% year over year. And so you think about the behavior of the consumer applying online and how does that translate into a closed transaction in July. So 
we started to see the increase in June that he talked about the housing purchase volume up in July. So we saw that leading in June with a 46% increase year over year. And July was also equally strong, up 28%. But I think probably where everybody is feeling the volume is on the refi side of the house. Our refi volume from an application standpoint, again, these are mortgage applications online, not necessarily reflective of closed loans, but just what is the application volume and what are consumers thinking about and applying for. We had a 391% increase year over year on refi for existing balances, 124% increase year over year on cash out refis. And so combined between those two, refi volume is up 245% year over year. So we know everybody kind of knows we were in this lull with refis the last 18 months. Refis are back in a big way right now. That is an understatement. Is it larger banks, community banks? What do you find yourself and those that are seeming to be the most active in real estate lending? Yeah, so we serve customers from the very small one, two branch operations up to clients with uh, tens and billions of assets. So we, we serve a, a wide swath of the, right. of the market. Right. Our, our focus is what we call the community market space, really uh, maybe 50, 80 billion and less down to a couple hundred million in assets. But we're seeing the volumes be very much kind of consistent across the board. If they're into mortgage lending in any meaningful way, they're experiencing these volumes. It's, it's pretty universal. Pretty universal across the board. I would suspect that'd be the case. And then mm-hmm. as you're looking at your customer base, you also work with a good number of credit unions. Are you seeing differences in how they approach the business? They're, they have very different foundation underneath them. One serves members, mm-hmm. the other serves a broader community. Does that change up the way the loans are being done? Is there, or is it pretty much the same all the way across the board? I think if you look at just this year alone, I would say it's changed a lot from years past, but COVID has changed the playing field so much for every institution. We talk a lot about how COVID has pulled the future forward. There was a deliberate march towards the digitization of all financial transactions, but it was at the pace uh, that the institution could invest in it, that they could put the attention and resources behind it. But with COVID, it's pulled that future forward. It's necessitated institutions changing very fundamentally how they take care of their transactions, how they go through the origination process. And so whether you're a bank or a credit union, a lot of the technology that you have now really creates a bit of a a similarity, a consistency between the origination workflows. A lot of the volume now is originating directly online because you're eliminating that face-to-face channel. You're still seeing some telephone volume, certainly. But the integration between our point-of-sale platform and the loan origination system we offer, MortgageBot, the data flows seamlessly through, it gets to the back office, and it's really because of these volumes, it's about driving efficiency. So I don't think from the process of originating, you're seeing a lot of difference between a bank and a credit union in the workflow. I think the credit unions still put a lot of attention and energy into their membership, that notion of education and helping folks and bringing them along on that process. I think for credit unions, they still you know, have that sense of, of serving their customer base. And so I think that still rings true, but the process has got to be efficient with these kind of volumes. Yeah, they're all selling into the same secondary markets for the most part. I mean, although you will find the banks and certainly some credit unions holding in portfolio to a certain degree, some level of the product. 
Would you, are you seeing sure. evidence of that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't say it's a large part, especially in the smaller community bank segment, it's originate and move it on. But I think there is still some portfolio lending going on, certainly. And in the community bank space, where a lot more of it is done as a commercial loan product, they do some mortgages. And typically, the mortgages are done more at the behest of some of their commercial clients and things like that to maintain relationships where they might become a more of a portfolio loan. But I wouldn't say portfolio lending in, in the community bank uh, credit union spaces is, is changing in its pervasiveness, it's still a lot of moving into the secondary. Well, when we sent out the promotional piece on our podcast, I did get a lot of questions in from some listeners. And so I'm going to cover a couple of those Then I'm going to go to Andy and then Matt to get some questions for you from them. But one of the questions they say, do banks have a tendency to end up with the same volume of business? I think that's a rhetorical question. I would suspect that is yes. Or do you see that banks get more stuck in refinances because of their customer base. Yeah, I think they probably go with so goes the market, so to speak, that again because we're seeing that distribution of refis being universally up across the board, I think whether you're a bank or whether you're a credit union, it's just the volume right now is up and everybody's seeing a proportional amount of that coming through the door. I don't necessarily think it's disproportional to one institution or another. And then also your point of sale service, I'm getting a couple of questions. Does it seem to fail now they use an unfair advantage on being able to capture the business? Yeah. And I, I think that I'm, I'm always still surprised. I have teenage kids and our world is very digital these days, but I'm still very much surprised sometimes by how a lot of people still aren't necessarily up the digital adoption curve or still like that sense of going into an institution. And frankly, institutions may not have the dollars to invest in digital experiences all the time. But I would say that definitely the majority of lenders now have a digital footprint. So when you think about that, you're still competing for mindshare with the consumer. You're just doing it online versus offline. So running ads in local papers and doing promotions on AM radio stations or what have you have shifted onto trying to attract people online through search engine optimization, through keyword searches, that kind of thing. You're still fighting for the same dollar. It's just uh, digital versus offline. So I don't know that it gives one person a unique, distinct advantage to have a digital application over somebody who might not. But I think from a consumer experience, they expect it and want that from their institution. But the dollar is still out there and you got to go get it. I love what you do with your point of sale service. love how it's integrated all the way in to your system. Andy Shell, I want to get over to you. I'm reading some questions coming in from our listeners, if you wouldn't mind getting into the discussion. Yeah. Hi, Steve. So I, I actually spend most of my consulting work with credit unions and depositories, banks. And so th- I've always struggling with a key point, and I wanted to ask your thought about that. So when we talk about the next new bright and shiny thing, and we think about how independent mortgage companies look at, gotta have the next thing, and banks actually consider IT ROI maybe a little bit more. So when you're working in your client base, supporting both independent mortgage companies and regulated depositories, how do you balance the demand for the next new thing, the next bright and shiny thing? How to make the client happy while serving the customer? That's a great question. And when you get into the true discipline of product management, there is certainly uh, science to it, but there's also a lot of art, right? You can look at a particular capability and say it's going to take X amount of development energy to do that. And we think we can sell X number of new clients or we can retain X number of clients because they've been looking for this feature. So it's definitely some art and some science to it. But when I really think about where our clients and where the market is going, there is still a heavy emphasis on the digital experience from the point of sale side. And so I think 
mortgage companies, credit unions, depository banks, what have that today's consumer is a very tech-savvy consumer, and they have a need to have a good, positive digital experience. You want simple, you want straightforward, you don't want lots of menus, and you don't want lots of dense applications. You want minimal data entry because you're oftentimes doing it on a phone. And so I think things where we invest our time on the point-of-sale side that enhance the customer experience and make the process easier for our clients, customers, the, the end borrower, that's always money well spent regardless of the institution. Exactly. Well, thanks. I'm interested, Danny, in, in your perspective, especially on new construction, lending, refinancing, consumer versus commercial. You've you seen that, Andy, as a banker, the advantages banks do have when it comes to offering products at an independent mortgage banker because they lack a deposit base, not being able to offer. Talk about that a little bit. Well, from my perspective, Personally, I and my team built Bank of America's correspondent lending program by leveraging the bank's portfolio for products. And back at the time when mortgage rates were 12 and we could offer a portfolio product at 8 or, or 9, again, back in the 90s, it's a huge benefit. But getting creative with ARM products, getting creative with portfolio products. So, But today, the portfolio product is a bit of a challenge because the portfolio rate on ARM is the same rate as a 30-year fixed, or at least close to it. And so the benefit of having the portfolio product, I think it shows itself with the ability to self-fund. So self-funding is a huge benefit if the banks take advantage of it. Not, not all of them do it, actually. Some, surprisingly, some of the banks actually have warehouse lines with other banks, which is just astounding mm-hmm. to me because it's just throwing money away. But nevertheless, I think that people talk about the bank advantage and portfolio clearly is one of them. Self-funding is another one. Avoiding all the credit overlays with the portfolio, having a more expansive portfolio QM kind of waivers is another. But at the same time, the, the depositories will oftentimes be belt and suspenders. So from an originator perspective, it can be really frustrating because while the mortgage company is a factory just flying through it with pace, the depository tries to do that too, but the depository has layers of compliance that lays over t- on the top of the mortgage activity, corporate credit, corporate compliance, divisional compliance, divisional credit risk. And so it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's like from the movie Aladdin, where they talk about that the, the genie has an ultimate cosmic power, but living space. The, there's a lot of good things about being a banker, and I've been a banker all my career, but there's something to be said for the IMB who can just bop and weave and go. Yeah. What's your, what's your perspective, Steve, on that? Then coming to you, Matt, right after that. So are you looking at new products, construction, refinancing, consumer versus commercial? What's your thought? Well, we certainly can handle construction loans on our platform. So we, again, I was listening pretty closely to Les's opening comments and he was talking about new construction starts and things like that. And, and we almost had the same exact experience that we saw on the purchases. As he was talking about the upticks in construction starts in June and July, we saw increases in May and June of 39 and 48% in construction application volume. So we're definitely seeing an increase in construction and that's manifesting itself in those new construction starts. So from a mortgage perspective, we really want to be a, a comprehensive platform in terms of the workflow of originating a mortgage. So going from the point of sale platform into the mortgage bot loan origination system, our integration with Doc Magic and being able to do hybrid e-close, things like that but also in the breadth of the loan types that we can service and and take applications for. So we do construction, we do home equity, we do purchase refis. We also do consumer loan origination. So we really have what we think is breadth across the loan verticals, but also really deep expertise in the workflow of these particular loan types as well. That's good. Matt, get you in on the discussion here. 
fun to have someone who has technology and unique insights into the credit union and the bank world. What questions do you have for Steve? Oh, yeah. Nothing too focused in detail because this is kind of out of my wheelhouse. But in a general sense, the hot topic, people would be coming to you with a request about integrating compliance related stuff. And I'm sure that's still a hot topic. And then as you talked about a bit ago, now it's how do we get everything online and uh, rapidly increase the tech aspect of origination. But apart from just that general pulling forward of all of these digitization goals, what has replaced compliance, if anything, as far as the hot topics go? What are people asking you for the most? Yeah, that's really a good question. And certainly, if you look back coming out of the Great Recession and all the regulatory changes, compliance was the only thing anybody wanted to talk about. And because there were so many regulatory changes, and even now we're still dealing with some of those things. So all the early changes that are upcoming at the beginning of the year, we've been heavily focused in on really using that as not an opportunity just to change from a compliance perspective, but introduce some uh, new product capabilities. So we can never look past compliance, but it is interesting behaviorally about what are our clients thinking about. And we, we've done some surveys and collected feedback from our clients. Yeah, there's some great information. And talking about process, we do a lot of business process improvement consulting. And are you seeing a significant difference as you implement systems on those that have invested the time to look at the processes and be more intentional? Yeah, so I guess I have a a couple of points to make. One is when we're talking about implementation, certainly clients that take an opportunity to step back and think differently are ones that I think usually have the most success. Where we and clients, I think, don't realize the most value is when they want a system that they can force into their existing workflow. And, you know, workflows adapt and change over time and they just become what they are a lot of times. If you step back and say, let's start with a blank sheet of paper and say, what has Finastra learned from the millions of loans we've helped our clients close and the millions of applications we've taken? What's the best, most efficient way to do that? And then stepping back and saying, how do we re-engineer the process to try and use the system the way it was designed rather than forcing the system into a way that works the way we think it should? Certainly, there's a balance there, and our system is very configurable to allow clients to adapt it. But I think clients who have that process mindset and that process engineering outlook in terms of how do we make this as efficient as possible really are successful. The other thing that we've done is we have this uh, new product capability called Mortgage Bot Data Insights. And think of it as a a dashboard of visual charts and graphs to help you understand Mm -hmm. your business. And so when you talk about efficiency and workflow, we can help our clients see into the process how long loans are sitting in certain stages, underwriting, funding, review, that kind of thing. And so they can really start to see their business and understand where their dollars are are being spent because that's time, right? So using information to help even existing clients improve is just as important as new clients taking it and saying, how do we put this into our shop and make this work for us? Really interesting stuff to think about how credit unions and banks and institutions, mortgage companies all approach this problem of efficiency. And I think that's where it's so important to use those digital channels to help offer education, to help drive engagement and help people learn about the process because it is intimidating for a first-time homebuyer, whether you're a millennial or a boomer. It's scary stuff when you're talking about the kind of money in the process the first time. How do you really help the consumer? So I think one thing is you may select a lender 
on where the rate is at. I think whether or not you keep them as an ongoing repeat customer is in the process. And you guys do a great job of helping that. Again, I love the solution that you have on the front end. So talk just briefly about that or what's unique about that system that makes that process easier? Yeah, great question. And you're right. I mean, rates, let's face it, there's such pricing transparency nowadays on rates that you really do have to say, we have to be visible and present with our rates and consumers need to have access to that information. And we see it all the time, people setting up rate searches. So getting notified when rates hit certain thresholds, but just the overall traffic and volume around rate searching is is quite high as are the pre-approval. When you start to talk about the application, I think the the years of experience that we have with digital origination, MortgageBot has been in market for decades now, and we've built an incredible foundation on having a really user-friendly experience we talked about compliance earlier. We accept it. We acknowledge it. We, we've internalized it. It doesn't mean it's not important. They just expect it. And we have world-class compliance with staff attorneys who are constantly monitoring for changes. And then really our ability to deliver compliance, do the three-day disclosures online, do all that work right up front and get that data into the loan origination system because they're from the same company. The integration there, the way the data flows is really, really a a unique proposition for our clients because we can deliver the disclosures and move that loan right into the underwriting process. Really, um, I think, helps with that customer experience and and the workflow and the efficiency side because the customer experience, ease of application is just one part of that overall customer experience, right? And so submitting the application, but what happens after that? What is the communication? What, how timely, how quickly can this mortgage get done? How does that take stress out of this journey of buying a home? So really, there are a lot of elements to the experience that I think we, we really excel at. Well, applying through the digital channel is so important. 84% of respondents to your survey said that is probably the most important thing. And then interestingly, your survey also confirmed that signing loan docs electronically, your survey said of your customers, 72%, that's an importance. 81% of the consumers directly communicated out there said they want that digital signing experience. I think this is a result of COVID, which is really where I wanted to go as we get closer to wrapping this up. What are you seeing the impact of COVID on the borrower behavior? Yeah, I, I, I think I said it earlier. It's pulling the future forward. Clients have no choice but to turn yeah. to digital channels. They're adopting and by virtue of using these tools and the longer we stay in the cycle of having to stay home and stay safe, uh, the more they're using these tools and the more it becomes the de facto way to do things and the less they turn to the ways they used to do things. And so I think consumer behavior is changing with they're adopting digital tools and making a part of their behavior, checking online account balances, making their monthly mortgage payments online, all those things just part of their new normal in terms of how they transact and interact with their financial institution. So this notion of the digital future being pulled forward is, is I think we're seeing it you know happen right before our eyes. Yeah. The last thing as we wrap this up, you guys are doing a lot with data. We look at what Black Knight Services is doing. We're looking also the recent acquisition of Ellie Mae by ICE. They're, they're all talking about data and you guys aren't out of that pack. You're very much interested in data. What are the advantages to working with Finastra from a data standpoint? Well, I touched on it earlier. I think there are two things. One, we we have tools that give clients access to the data so that they can mine it for themselves for larger institutions who want to go that route and really build workflows based off events that happen in the system and be able to really dig into the data themselves. But we also have, like I mentioned earlier, that data insights tool that really gives nice, clear insights into what's happening both on the point of sale side along with the loan origination 
application side. So on the point of sale side, we're looking at helping clients understand what the application volume looks like, demographics of their borrowers. They can see heat maps of the geographies where people are applying. So maybe if they're thinking about targeting a new county for a branch or some demographics, they want to see if there's a a market that might be attractive for them to get into or a new branch and seeing how it's performing. They can see where they're getting their application volume. They can see information about the behavior of the borrowers, where they're falling out of the application. So really just really, really great insights on the POS side. And then on the LOS side, like I said, really shedding light on the efficiency of the process, I think is critical right now to bring it all the way back around to those refi volumes and those purchase volumes. They're through the roof. And so having insight into the process is critical. We're, this is a little bit of a teaser, but we're actually getting ready to roll out a new capability on our data insights platform for MortgageBot LOS, where we're going to be using some machine learning and algorithms to create some dynamic peer groups, we call it, so that it gives the institution the ability to compare themselves to 10 other like institutions based on our machine learning model so they can get a better view into how they're doing versus a comparison against a group of what we think are like peers, but also then every client also has access to the global population. So I can see what is my application to close rate for myself, uh, a set of dynamically defined peers, and against the entire population of mortgage bot users. So maybe I say, hey, I'm getting this credit score band, a lot of applicants, but I'm not in these bands. Maybe I need to do some more targeted marketing. Maybe I see my completion rate is lower than the global population. So I need to look at some things in my application funnel. So we're really trying to use data in powerful ways to give them some new insights and really be able to help them analyze and understand their business. Yeah, getting insights into your customer is so important. I love some of the tools that you have. By getting a financial system, you're really being able to invest into data insights and you have some great tools for that. And then you're also incorporating more and more machine learning, are you not? Yeah. So that machine learning is what I was talking about earlier. The machine learning, we looked at a whole bunch of attributes around institutions and we use machine learning to define what are the most relevant attributes to be able to allow us to offer peer comparisons in that benchmarking tool. So really neat stuff. It's just amazing how quickly the world of data is changing and the tools that you can use to, to drive insights. It is truly amazing. I know you touched on some of these things, but I'm looking at all the questions coming in and there's a lot, lot, lot. How could people learn more about this? We have several of our uh, listeners that says we're in the process of selecting a new system. I would like to put Finastra into the process of bringing them in. We They were not on our radar screen. So glad you had Steve on. So how can people get a hold of you and what's the appropriate channel? What's the best way for them to learn more and get someone to give them a demonstration? Yeah, frankly, the easiest way is to go online to finastra.com and just kind of navigate into our lending and mortgage area and you can request to have someone reach out to you. We have a a really uh, broad, strong sales organization with account relationships. And so getting you pinpointed to the right person is tricky. So the best thing, just go online, go to our website, navigate into the mortgage area and request someone to contact you. And that goes into a, a mailbox. They'll coordinate where your institution is and get you in the right contact with the appropriate resource. And we'd love to talk to you. I got about 35 questions in from listeners we're not going to get to. I'm looking for a theme that's basically here. I guess one, and you did touch on this as well, but you do 
have a product that helps with construction lending. Is that correct? MortgageBot does construction lending. I was just going to say finaster.com forward slash moving mortgage is the home for our mortgage page. So finaster.com forward slash moving mortgage. Uh, I was just going to say, if if somebody connects through that way, we can get in touch with them. And if somebody has a question specific about the the construction loan capabilities or if they're interested in the system at large, we can address all those questions for them. Several are writing me saying, if we get a hold of you, we'd like to get introduced to some of your bank customers as we would like to form relationships with the banks. A lot of questions came in. A lot of good stuff. You guys are well established in the bank and credit union space. You also have a fair number of independent mortgage bankers as clients. You do have a great product and I'm thrilled to have you here with us. This survey is just rich with data. We need to set up another time, get you back on, Steve, where you and I both have had some time to do that. Let's get you back on soon and talk about this. Really insightful here. So great information. Yeah, we put a lot of energy into that and we are excited to share official results with folks as we get that information ready to publish. Well, when you're ready to publish it, we would love to get it. There's a lot of great stuff here. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for being here. Speed of process. Look at that. I'm looking at this one thing. Consumers want that speed of process. You confirmed that 93% of your customers say that. Yeah, I'm having fun looking at all this data. I'm a data junkie. I look at these kind of surveys and I feel like, okay, gives us real trends. I appreciate that. Kudos to your marketing team for doing that. Thanks for taking time to be with us today, Steve Hoke. It's good to be able to get you on the podcast to at least hear your voice. Yeah, always, David. Really appreciate it. And I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me and happy birthday. Now, thank you so much. We got to give a big boost to the mortgage efficiency webinar that's coming up September 1st. Check it out. You can go to the link to the register for this webinar is in our show notes today, as well as you can go to finastra.com forward slash moving mortgage, and you'll learn more about that as well. So good to have you here with us. Appreciate you. Steve, for joining us and our listeners. Next week, we've got Linda Bomar joining us. Excited to have Linda on. She's a dear, dear friend. Both her and her husband, Stanley, have been uh, friends for many, many years. And we're excited to have on Linda as Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing with, of course, Indicom Global Services. And we'll be um, also having her joined with another one of their executives on automation. So be sure to come back for next week's podcast. Special thank you to all our sponsors, uh, Finastra being of course, one of our longstanding sponsors and Steve, and who is a part of the program today, Steve Hoke, as well as uh, Community Mortgage Lenders of America, Indicom, Accelerate, and Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility RE, Modex, and a lot more. Check them all out on our website. Folks, have a great day, and we look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.